Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dairobi Health Show. I'm Dave Sherwin, and I've got Dr. T. Wynn here with me. Dr. T, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you too, because in my career of uh, amateur athletics, I've had foot problems. And so when you guys reached out to me about talking uh, on the show and, and helping my listeners understand about common foot problems and, and treatments, I was really excited. I'm glad there's some fun new things that have come out of foot and ankle treatments and regimens and things like that. So I would really love to explore the newer options that we have available to treat foot pain. I am excited to hear about them. And before we jump in, let me just read your bio to everybody. Uh, Dr. T is a doctor of podiatric medicine, uh, DPM. Uh, She is a podiatrist and CEO of Pacific Point Podiatry, a non-traditional direct specialty care practice in Santa Cruz, California. She's a fellowship trained. She is. <laughs> okay. I need to just slow down. So I'm going to just talk too fast and uh, the words run together. Here we go. I'm going to act like a professional podcaster right now. She is fellowship trained in wound healing and is board certified in foot and ankle surgery. She helps people stay active and independent with preventive foot care and minimally invasive surgery if necessary. So you, how long have you been doing this? Well, I finished my fellowship in 2015, and then I had a couple of jobs, and I opened my own practice in 2018. Our entire curriculum cha- training is four years of podiatry school and then three years of surgical residency, and then I did the additional fellowship year, so that's a little over a decade. <laughs> and what got you interested in foot and ankle issues? I think it was kind of an accident. I wish I had a really cool story to share. <laughs> Uh, like I broke my own foot or something, but no, I actually uh, just talked to a career counselor about careers in medicine. And this was the fastest track to be a specialist. I didn't want to be a generalist. And so I had to pick between the eye dentistry or the feet. And I chose the one that was furthest from the face. And at the time I was a dancer too. And I was like, this seems pretty relevant, keeping people active. I really like the idea of that. So I kind of just stumbled into it. Yeah, well, it's a great topic. I've done over 200 episodes and we've we've never actually focused on on foot and ankle issues. And it's really important because as I look back, like uh, I was telling you as we were chatting before we even started, you know, in my own amateur athletic career, I've had my share of foot and ankle issues. And they are a real bummer because if you if you have a foot problem, it affects everything in your fitness plan. You, you know, it does. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about doing cardio or whether we're doing hit exercise, whether we're doing weightlifting. It doesn't matter. All of them require you to stand on your feet or to get somewhere. Yeah, I tend to get people who underappreciate their feet. I mean, it's the furthest mm-hmm. from our eyes, so it's the least we pay attention to until something hurts, and then you start walking funny and then your knees start to go out and your low back starts to wobble around. Yeah. So I'm trying to promote more of what proper foot hygiene is so that we can maintain them and have them lasting a long time. Well, let's start right there. Talk to us about proper foot hygiene. You know, we don't really pay that much attention to our feet until something goes wrong and proper foot hygiene. is just like hand hygiene or like dentistry, right? You go to see the dentist every six months, even if it's just for a checkup. Even if you don't have a cavity, you want to have it monitored because there are parts in the mouth that you can't see. Hmm. Only a dentist can see or they can pick up something quickly and deal with it right away. The feet is the exact same thing. I normally recommend people 
touching base with their podiatrist at least once a year, because we can see on the biomechanical level, if something is impending, if something is a problem, things like a callus, a toenail fungus, or even an ingrown toenail, we can kind of predict some issues that present on the feet that we ourselves can't see. And so it's nice to have that professional expertise on the other side, especially on the bottom of our feet where we really don't pay any attention to until it hurts. That is really interesting. I am guilty. I, <laughs> I'm pretty good about getting my yearly physical. I go to the dentist every six months, but uh, I get an F. I, I, I have never gone to a podiatrist as a kind of a proactive measure. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you have maybe a mole that shows up, but if you don't catch it, how do you monitor it? And that mole can turn into a skin cancer. Interesting. Now let's start with uh, some proactive uh, things that people can do. One of the things I learned as a triathlete was the critical importance of, of footwear. You know, uh, before that I played basketball for a long time and uh, I loved it and I'd get, you know, what I thought were comfortable shoes or cool shoes or whatever, right. We just buy our shoes. However, we all do with our own little, you know, uh, combination of what feels good, the right size, uh, et cetera. But when you start running, you know, 30 to hundred miles a week, uh, all of a sudden you pay much more attention. And, and I, and I started to learn things like I wouldn't wear a shoe for more than 300 to 500 miles, depending on the shoe. I learned about getting the right shoe for trail versus road. And all that was a huge revelation to me. And I think helped me to avoid problems that I'd, I'd had before I figured it out, like plantar fasciitis, uh, for example. So maybe just touch base on that for a minute about um, recommendations you give to people on their footwear. Oh, yeah, you pointed it all out. Shoes have a wear time. So shoes that have been sitting in the closet for years at a time, even though you haven't touched them, the internal cushion wears out kind of the same way a rubber band loses its elasticity if it were to be out in the sun for too long. So shoes do wear out, even if you don't have your feet in them. Exactly Mm. right about changing out your shoes, especially if you're going to be an athlete or do running activities routinely making sure that every three to 500 miles you trade them out. That could look like every six months. And from higher level athletes, they may not even wear the same pair again if they're going to do a marathon. So it really depends on what your activity level is. But having some kind of process to refresh or renew your shoes every six months is usually a good starting point. I love it. And it adds up. And in this day of getting in 10,000 steps, which has become wildly popular with many, many people, uh, it's really easy to lose sight of how many miles you put on a pair of shoes. And so I just point that out to everyone that if you're doing your two, your 10,000 steps and you haven't got new shoes in two years, uh, you, you're, you're likely headed to foot problems. That's right. Somebody will every now and then come into my office and say, I've been wearing these shoes for a long time without problems. Why does it really hurt now? <laughs> right. So the same thing. Is it the exact same shoe you're talking about? So yeah, they age out. So certainly pay attention to your shoes. Make sure they don't fold in half. Make sure they're not particles coming loose. Make sure that they're not becoming holy. You know, sometimes we start having holes and we try to salvage them with a patch here and a patch there, but those are gone. Those are done. Okay. What do you think about minimal shoes? Let's talk about that for a minute. Minimal shoes is a really controversial topic and it's so controversial. I don't have much to touch on it because it really depends on the individual athlete. If you go into minimal shoes without having 
conditioned for it, you're going to set yourself up for injury because those shoes can be extremely flexible and your body and mechanics may not be used to that. However, there are people who are strong proponents of barefoot walking and minimal shoes. And so if you have the tolerance to start to build up to that, there really isn't a lot of issues. It's the jump into something different that can be harmful. So whether you choose to be a minimal shoe enthusiast or not, you just have to be smart and listen to your body to knowing when to pull back, knowing when to not be barefoot or in your minimal shoes and just conditioning yourself until you get to the point that you're comfortable to do that safely. Fantastic. How about zero drop? I have no clue. That is an individual, that is an individual preference. <laughs> okay. I just thought I'd throw it at you. These are questions that we, I didn't even plan on to ask you. They just kind of came up and our, our, our show is very free flowing. And so uh, thanks for being a good sport and kind of going a little sideways there uh, on shoe wear, but I think you gave us a, a few really great tips. So, so thanks for that. Now, one of the most common problems you, you mentioned that people generally don't think about their feet until there's a problem. What are the most common problems that you're seeing? Well, with the pandemic, with everybody kind of slowing down and trying to get back into regular life, I guess we call it now, the injuries that people have is exactly related to conditioning spending two years of doing nothing and suddenly trying to uh, run back into a marathon, instant heel pain. <laughs> Wearing the same right. shoes pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, instant heel pain. So the biggest problem I've been seeing lately is plantar fasciitis, but really plantar fasciitis is inflammation of the plantar fascia because it hasn't been stretched out, or there's a tight Achilles tendon causing tightness in the feet. That can be easily remedied with gentle stretching and exercising strengthening the calf muscles, and gradually building up to the tolerance that you want to be at, realizing that you have to prepare for that. You don't want to go from zero to 25 miles all in a weekend. You want to take your time, maybe get a coach to be reconditioned for that. So a lot of people are just jumping in too hard and too fast after the pandemic. After the pandemic, We've had these people before the pandemic, we're called, we, we call them weekend warriors. And so, you know, you spend five days at work, maybe sitting in a chair, and then on the weekend, you feel really good about starting activities, but you kind of just go all in. And so the mentality of having to do all or nothing can be very harmful on your body. So just recognizing, you know, if you have an injury, um, get professional counseling, coaching to ensure that it doesn't happen again, and to make sure you're not making it worse. Okay, now here's another question kind of from left field. So if it doesn't go anywhere, that's fine. But I, I like the Theragun. I use it actually every day. And I usually use, I'll use it on my upper body if I'm working upper body. I'll use it on my IT bands, et cetera. And if I'm doing calf work, I'll use it on my calves. But uh, is, do you have any thoughts on a Theragun? Should I be like running that around my, my feet and ankles as well? I, I actually don't do that. I really like the Theragun because it's soft tissue. It enhances circulation. It brings awareness to that body part. I really like it for home use. What we have in the office is shockwave therapy, which is a lot more focused energy. So if we want to hit a particular spot because of a specific pathology, let's say plantar fasciitis, it is a lot more, um, it penetrates on a more focal level versus the Theragun where, you know, you place it on your skin and you can see the waves of your skin being manipulated. Yeah. The, the focus energy that we have in the office is a lot more specific and it can increase the circulation on a deeper level. And so having these two technologies, whether you have one at home or you use one in the office in a professional setting, 
I think all is a really great benefit to soft tissue disorders in prevention and restore restoration because you're increasing the metabolism by increasing the circulation. So I think it's all very good for you. Okay. So uh, I had to, I had to add that into my routine of just run my Theragun around my, the soft tissue of my, of my feet and ankles. But like you mentioned, it's kind of a uh, amateur approach, uh, something people can do at home. Uh, but let's talk about some of your modalities now. Uh, you, you've mentioned that you're doing stuff that's very cutting edge, very modern. Uh, talk to us about that. So I mentioned shockwave therapy. That's just one, one non-invasive procedure that we do in the office. It takes five minutes. It penetrates really deep into the soft tissue. And I use that for plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, any of the tendonitis hmm. in the lower extremity. If you're going to use Theragun at home, use it throughout the muscle belly as well, not just in the tendon, because we want to treat the entire unit to increase the circulation. And that's something that is easy to do. Um, other therapies that I use, sometimes it's not just the shockwave therapy that I implement. Sometimes you need things like an injection that is not a steroid. And on the bottom of our feet, it tends to lose fat as we get older. And if we use our feet a lot, if you're an athlete, uh, you know, you're pounding on your feet quite often, you're going to start losing that fat pad cushion. And so hmm. I do offer a internal filler or a foot filler in the form of hyaluronic acid or even a fat allograft injection, which is a minimally invasive approach to increasing the cushion on your feet so you don't have pain. Interesting. I've never even heard of that. That's really interesting. So the fillers, you know, that is being used on the face to increase volume in those soft, uh, soft tissue areas, the lips, yeah. you know, as we age, the collagen disappears. There are products that I use as off-label in the foot as well with really good results. Interesting. And um, is that something that people do is, uh, is sort of treated the way cosmetic surgery is, or is this something that uh, is covered by people's insurances? How does that work out? It's not covered by insurance because it's an aesthetic and an aesthetic product. It's considered aesthetic. Okay. Off label. So it's safe yeah. for the face. It's safe for the face indication, but there, it's not been studied in the feet. So it's considered off label. And where did that idea come from? Some brilliant person. <laughs> I believe it was a marriage between plastic surgery and podiatry. And, you know, when we collaborate, we start having ideas. And so somebody ahead of me uh, had been doing this frequently. And so they're just sharing what they've experienced. And then I had the good fortune of patients trusting me in the work that I do, that they've allowed me to try some of these products on them with good success so they can avoid surgery with these products. Now, how cutting edge is this? You're in Santa Cruz, California. So uh, we have plenty of listeners in California who probably could could make it there to see you. But of course, we have people who aren't and even people in other countries. So is this the type of thing that's that's uh, fairly common already uh, in among podiatrists that people can find in a lot of places? Or is it pretty cutting edge and at a limited amount of clinics? It's pretty cutting edge. It's very limited. I'm seeing more and more foot and ankle specialists get into it. But because a lot of our training is based on insurance reimbursement, a lot of folks are not offering it. But okay. I'm a completely cash practice, so I have the freedom to explore innovative therapies. And so it's not been an issue in my area. Interesting. Uh, any thoughts on ozone therapy? Ozone therapy, what is that? I don't even know what that is. It's actually injecting ozone into inflamed areas. Yeah, I've heard of things like that, but I haven't introduced uh, that type of product into my office. Okay. Anything else that you're doing that would be uh, interesting for us to to learn about? 
well, let's say you do need surgery. You know, the injections aren't working. The custom orthotics are not sufficient. You have more deformities as you get older and you just kind of want definitive correction of maybe a deformed toe, maybe a bunion, a hammer toe, even metatarsalgia or a neuroma, nerve entrapments. These conditions can be treated with an office procedure that's called minimally invasive surgery, where I numb the person in the office and use a very specialized tool to make those tiny poke hole incisions to make bone cuts that'll correct the alignment of these deformities. And that is something that is not done regularly as well. That is advanced training that's required. And I really love this approach because there are a lot of people who don't want to undergo traditional surgery, go to a surgery center or be under anesthesia for a variety of reasons. Maybe they have secondary Mm -hmm. medical conditions that put them at risk or they just don't want to. Uh, And so that's a really nice alternative to having something done for your feet without all of the added stress that's typically involved in traditional surgery. Okay. Now, uh, you you sound like a very brave person, a cash-only practice. As a doctor, that sounds like a scary venture at first when you, what what brought that about? Why did you decide to be a a cash-only practice? I think if you had experience with insurance, it's pretty obvious why a lot of us are going to And it just, you know, I really wanted to get back into old school medicine where it was just me and the patient and Mm. I make the recommendations and patients get better faster within the system. I'm, I'm constrained by what the insurance wants me to do or will let me do. And it just delays care. And so I said, how can I do this better? I said, I'm just going to do it my way. And patients found me and I'm getting people better faster without all the hassles involved. Okay, I want to end with with two questions. Uh, the first one, you know, it's interesting being a doctor uh, because as your patients, we don't want to see you really. We don't want to have the problem that brings <laughs> us into your office, right? We want to see you for help, but we would rather not have any problems, okay? So let's start with that, you know, because we've already covered a few preventive things people can do. Is there anything we've forgotten in the realm of preventive foot pair foot care that people ought to be doing that they're not doing. So they hopefully don't need surgery. <laughs> I take offense. You don't want to see doctors. No. It's like, uh, we, we do when we have pain. Absolutely. But you, you know, it's, it's a, I was being a little snarky in how I worded my question. <laughs> uh, I really just mean, uh, what are you advising your people to do? Is there anything we missed? We talked about, uh, and you, you talked about um, uh, stretching on not jumping in too fast. We talked about footwear. Is there anything we missed? I really love that you bring this up because healthcare, health insurance, this day and age is exactly that. It's sick care. You only want to see your doctor when you're sick, when you're hurt, when you're injured. Yeah. But being able to move out of that paradigm and partnering with our patients, I want to see people. I want to see people before they hurt themselves before something shows up. If we can prevent it, excellent. So I'm moving more in the realm of preventive care. And that can look like one single visit to your podiatrist to have a risk assessment. Just the one time might be all that you need because you don't know what you don't know. And being able to just touch base with your doctor at least one time is a preventive measure that you can have. Other than that, you know, general foot hygiene, being aware of what your foot looks like from the bottom and the top and between the toes, making sure there's no open sores or lesions, things that mysteriously pop up that you had noticed before, it's good to have a baseline. 
And certainly your shoes, be smart about them. Make sure they're comfortable when you're walking around trying them on. And if you're going to use products uh, from the store to treat, let's say, a callus or a wart, just make sure you have the correct diagnosis to start with. And sometimes that does require a visit to the doctor. Yeah, interesting. And so now let's take my snarky question and come back to uh, uh, fleshing out a little bit more what you just said. Too many people don't go to the doctor when they should. Uh, I'm about to put out some content about, you know, it's January. January is a really great month to get a physical, to do a nutritional deficiency test. Now we're going to add to see your podiatrist. This is terrific. Like I said, I get an F. I don't want an F. Uh, I'm going to add see my podiatrist to my list of proactive healthcare. And so, um, I don't know how we deal with this. I, I, I think there are uh, generational attitudes for one thing. Like, for example, uh, we can barely get my dad uh, to go to see any healthcare professional for anything. He's 86 years old and he's got that old school attitude. I'm fine. Right. <laughs> and uh, if you listen to this episode, dad, uh, you can't deny what I just said. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> You and your generation of tough guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I think that's hopefully changing. Um, But uh, people are becoming more aware. Of course, Obamacare came in, which uh, afforded everyone with any insurance plan a chance to get a physical once a year. I think too many people don't even take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so any thoughts on, on helping people? If we got stubborn people out there, you just aren't there yet. I mean... What, what, what do you say? How do you, how do you convince them to start allowing professionals into their life for this type of care? Man, you're asking me some deep psychological questions that I don't think <laughs> I have an answer for. Well, well you dad, are a doctor. You're supposed to know everything. Your dad is listening. Let me just say some doctors like myself who are outside of the bounds of insurance do home visits. So ah. you really have no excuse not to see a doctor. If you have a doctor local to you, maybe just have them do a home visit and just have small conversation, have some coffee, because the older generation may not know what's new in our realm, right? We can see things sooner to prevent them. So I do home visits. I do video visits. If you just want an introduction, maybe you have some questions that you've been afraid to ask, and that would be a good time to get on an introductory call and just see what we're all about. A lot of us are very innovative. We are on social media. Look at our YouTube channel. Get to know us a little bit more. Realize that we're not ready to cut you open if you don't want us to. I'm a surgeon, but I'm still a person at the end of the day. And so we'll have conversations. And don't don't be scared to initiate a conversation. Well, what you just said is really, really cool. Because back to what I said, you're you're in Santa Cruz. But the fact you do these video consults. So can you do a fairly... Uh, you know, if someone in Australia contacts you and says, you know, I'd like to have a consult uh, or England or Germany or Africa or wherever they have internet, right? Uh, talk to us about, about your uh, uh, video consult. This is how behind medicine still is. So physicians are bounded by the state. So I can only see people within my state that I'm licensed in. Oh, However, interesting. There are coaches, or if you reach out because you like my content and you, you say you're in a certain area, I can look it up for you. I can see if one of my friends are in the area that you can connect with that I trust. And so it is hard to reach out and say, well, I live here. Who would you recommend? We have a really wide web of people we can connect you with all around the world. And your website is? 831feet.com. 831 is our area code. So 831feet.com. 
And so if you happen to be in the 831 area code, boy, are you lucky because you can just go see Dr. T. And if not, you can go to the website. And, and you mentioned content. It sounds like you're putting out some valuable information on your website. I'm working on it. I have a YouTube channel at Dr. T Podiatry. If you have specific questions you want me to answer, I might make a video and I might put it there. So check it out. That is fantastic. Dr. T, thanks so much for taking the time. Before I let you go, do you have any closing thoughts? I would love to connect with you if you're here listening about feet, because who cares about feet? I do. So follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Dr. T Podiatry to hear more about why you should care about your feet. Yeah, that is such good counsel. I did not care about my feet until I got plantar fasciitis. And then I cared a lot. And it was months of suffering. And it, and it set me back. You know, I'd worked really, really hard uh, to achieve certain goals. And then when my feet uh, weren't, weren't serving me, I, I, I realized real fast just what a big deal that was. Well, good. I'm glad you got it dealt with. Is it treated? Is it over? It is. Uh, all those things that we talked about earlier of um, being more proactive, buying good shoes. I'm really, really picky about shoes. Uh, I, I don't wear, you know, I, I, I don't put too many miles on them. And that's been, I think, probably the biggest thing. And the other thing that I do um, that's, that I think has, has helped me quite a bit is I do a lot of mobility work. Um, and, and you mentioned earlier about calves. I actually exercise my calves four times a week. And I think that that, and I, I do it in a variety of different ways. I don't just do the same calf raise every single time. Um, and I really think that's served me well. Definitely. I like that you said that because your calves influence your feet significantly. Yeah. So that's good. Right. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fantastic. Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening, this is Dave Sherwin wishing you health and success. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget about all the free resources on dirobi.com. That's D-I-R-O-B-I.com. Also, find the show notes for this episode by clicking on the podcast link there on the website. And if you want to pick any of our world-class products while you're there, use code PODCAST to get 10% off anything you like. Mm-hmm.